you'll see the word stress and uh, pretty, pretty sure all of you, many of you in here probably experienced that even before you came this evening. Uh, some of you even all the way here, don't look at your spouse right now. Uh, amen. <laughs> that was a joke. You can laugh, lighten up a little bit. Amen. Uh, so listen, we're, we're going to, I want to bring a message this evening, not necessarily on stress, but really how to overcome it biblically. Now, how do we get out of this thing of being overwhelmed and being stressed out beyond measure? This thing of, 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 of how do we overcome being burnt out as a Christian, being running wide open and serving the Lord with everything we've got. But if we're not careful, and we've seen it happen, you get on fire for the Lord and all of a sudden the zeal starts to fade and then all of a sudden you get burned out. And we see folk fall out of the ministry, fall by the wayside. And I want to help you a little bit tonight. And I want to, I want to deal with that subject this evening. And I'll, I'll do my best to keep an eye on the clock and move forward here. And this will actually be the latter part of a message that I brought back in October. So I, fir I first brought this, the, the very first part, dealing with stress. And I never made it to the other four points because I knew that I couldn't, so we kind of broke it up. But nonetheless, the Lord gave me the opportunity to bring this, and I was able to go back through my study and freshen it up. And man, how the Lord worked on my heart and how he challenged me with my own preaching. It is amazing. It is amazing. And I've heard this said many times before, how, how a lot of times preachers just come up and preach to you what God's already preached to us. And you just kind of get a little insight on it, and you get to benefit from what he's already done a work in our lives on. So I'm excited tonight to bring this message on stress and how we can overcome that. If you got your Bibles, turn over to Luke chapter number 10. You can see that very visibly there on the screen. Chapter, chapter number 10, verse 38 through 42. And we'll give you one more chance to stretch your legs if you can stand, if you're able to stand, that is. We'll read these few verses of Scripture here, very familiar passages of Scripture, but do, do not let familiarity ruin the message within it, okay? So let's read these few, uh, these, uh, few verses, 38 through 42, and then we'll pray and we'll jump right into it this evening, beginning in verse number 38. Now it came to pass as they went and he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Pay attention to verse number 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Verse 41, and Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Let's pray together, and then we'll dive right into it this evening. You can go ahead and be seated. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, once again for allowing us to be here. Lord, I thank you for this message that you've already burdened and birthed in my heart. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help me give it to the people as you've given it unto me and challenged my heart with it. And Lord, help us as we lay down some foundation, lay down some groundwork, and build up to where we want to go this evening. Lord, I pray that you help me say everything that you want said, every illustration that you want me to put in. Lord, give it to my thoughts and give it to my memory. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just be exalted throughout the entire service. I pray, Lord, that you would do an eternal work inside of each one of our hearts. We love you, Lord, and we pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, amen. 
I want to start out with this right here. So uh, a woman took her husband to the doctor's office, and, and after his checkup, the doctor had said that your husband is suffering a very serious infection. You got some bad news from the doctor's office there. And now the husband, who was hard of hearing, said, what did the doctor say? He didn't hear it. He didn't understand. He didn't comprehend it. And the wife said, looked at him and said that you are sick. All right. And then the doctor went on, but there is hope. There is hope. All you need to do is reduce his stress. Each morning, give him a healthy breakfast. Be pleasant, nice, and kind. For lunch and dinner, make him his favorite meal. Don't discuss any, any of your problems with him at all. It will only make him stress worse. Don't yell at him or argue with him. And most importantly, just cater to your husband's every need and whim. And all the fellas said, on the drive home, on the drive home, the husband looked at his wife and asked, what did the doctor say? She replied, you're going to die. <laughs> Speaking of the subject of stress, right? It's not, it, this is not unfamiliar territory for all of us, right? We, we, we get stressed out. We get stressed out throughout the days, and some mornings, the moment your alarm clock goes off and you pick up your phone and you begin to look at all the emails that have already came in or the voice messages or the text, and that stress already begins to build up there. So everyone understands stress. So we don't, we don't really need to dive too deep into this idea of stress. But, uh, but with this story here in, in Luke chapter number 10, I want to pull out a few things, and we'll, we'll see the stress level building, and we're not going to take the time to dive too deep into it because I've already done that once, but I want to help you on the ladder and help you get through this idea of stress. So let's look at our scripture one more time as we kind of dissect it just a little bit as we work our way down through here. And then we'll get to where we want to get to this evening. All right. So we see in verse number 38, now it came to pass as they went and he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Notice the location of Mary. Okay, we know Martha was the one who received, and now Mary is the one who is sitting. Okay, verse number 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. So we see already right out the gate. So, so Martha invited them into the house, and they, they come from a long day of ministry there. And Martha sees Jesus and the disciples coming, and she's excited. This is her friend. This is Jesus. This is, this is one who she loves and she communes with, and she cannot wait to physically see him. So, so no doubt the excitement is there, right? It would be like, it'd be like your friend that pulls in your driveway without you calling, right? You didn't call them to come over, but all of a sudden you see that car pulling. You're like, oh, they're here. Some of us panic like they're here. <laughs> but Martha was excited. So she received him. She was excited about this. And, and so she received him. And as she's going about serving him, notice this, then verse number 40, Martha was comforted about with much serving and came to him and said, notice these next few words, Lord, Dost thou not care? Hang on to that phrase. We're going to come back to that one. That my sister hath left me to serve alone. Bid her. Notice the command from Martha. Bid her. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. Now notice this now. 
Notice the wording of Jesus. When she's cumbered about much serving, now notice Jesus' response. Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You see, the whole idea here, as we, as we lay some little bit of a foundation, and then we'll dive into it, but as we lay down the foundation, we see here the contrast. So we, so we see the struggle. We see the stress level building, not for Mary, but for Martha. And we've all been in this situation. We've all been in these scenarios before where we're there with somebody else, and, and they're fine, and they're content, but our stress level is through the roof right? It's like that in marriage sometimes. And I believe God puts two people together in a certain order because there's usually that one who is like super stressed about everything. And then that one that goes, eh, the Lord's got us. And then the other person looks like, how can you say that? I understand the Lord's got me, but why are you not stressed out at all? Not even just a little bit? No, the Lord will take care of us. He'll provide. Through scripture, we read story after story of his provision, of him showing up in, 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 in due time, and, and when help is needed, he's always there. And we can understand that, but it's human nature for us to stress and to worry and to have this thing called anxiety, right? And to have these panic attacks, if you would. And why? Because we let whatever it is in our lives that's causing this stress, that is causing this fear, that is causing this anxiety to what? Overwhelm us. Because essentially we got our eyes off of the Lord, right? That's where Martha was. Notice once again, Jesus, Jesus comes into the house here in verse number 38 and verse number 39. Martha, the story goes right here. And she had a sister called Mary, which also also, meaning the others were already seated around him at his feet, learning at his teaching. And now we see that Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. The very next verse is the contrast, but Martha. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. She was serving the Lord with everything that she had. She was preparing the meal, preparing the place, preparing drinks, preparing this, getting the place suitable for all those unplanned visitors, right? Those unplanned visitors. It would be like somebody showing up at your house and all of a sudden, hey, we're so glad you're here. Are you thirsty? Let me go get you something to drink. Are you hungry? Oh, we got some snacks. We got gold. I got kids. We got goldfish. We got snack packs. We got pudding cups. We got uh, fruit, fruit gummies. We got all kinds of stuff. What do you want? You know, we just show them the kids back. But it's the idea of serving, right? But what happened was her service to the Lord became a duty and not a devotion. She was serving the Lord out of duty, out of custom, because it was customary in that time for her being in the house, being over the house to prepare, to, to pave that way, to make sure that everything is right and in its place. That was her duty, and that's how she served. And when she was serving out of duty and not out of devotion, some things followed. Let's look at it again. So by, by Martha serving out of duty and not out of, not out of devotion to the Lord, look at her response. Verse number 40, Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, notice the accusation. Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? 
I mean, the accusation, she, she comes boldly to the Lord, and, and now she loves the Lord. She knows the Lord. She knows Jesus, but she comes directly to him with this problem, and we're going to catch back up to that here and later. We're going to catch back up to that. She boldly comes to the Lord and says, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister who is seated at your feet with the other disciples, don't you care that she is not helping me, that I'm having to do this all by myself? How many of you have ever been there before? Not necessarily coming to the Lord saying that, but maybe you're in a, in a room or in a group, or maybe you, this happens at work more times than it should, amen, where you're in a group and everybody's supposed to be on the same task, but all of a sudden you know how to do that task better than everyone else, so they let you take care of all of it. And you're so frustrated the whole time. And you do things angrily. <laughs> you walk by when you set the papers down. Go over here, get the stapler. Hit that fax machine a little harder, right? Making copies or whatever the case. Maybe pick up the phone and hang it a little bit harder than you should just to try to get everybody else's attention of, of the work that you are doing when they should be helping out, right? We've all been there. It's okay. It's okay. My kids do this. Oh, yes. He said, your kids, wait, wait, I'm confused. Oh, no, no, no. When it comes to cleaning the house. All right, let's clean our rooms. Ah, the meltdowns began, right? And here's why. They start arguing before they even start cleaning. Well, I would go in there, literally haven't even moved from the living room into their rooms yet, and the arguments already started. Well, I would go clean, but it's not my mess. It's their mess. Well, I didn't make that mess. Well, I'm only going to pick up what I messed up. I'm only, I said, no, 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 you don't understand. This is a group effort. We all live in this household together. Let's keep the whole household together clean, okay? Let's work together, people, right? I have to motivate them like they're employees all of a sudden or something, you know? I'm like, come on now, let's work together. Simple task, give you this, give you that, give you this. And then they began to complain, right? Well, I'm having to do this, and they only have to do this. And I said, listen, let's stop. Worry about the task that I've given you. Oh, that's good. Worry about the task that I have given you. Don't worry about what I told them to do. Just worry about what I told you to do. Don't look at them while you're serving and doing what I told you to do. Don't get your eyes on somebody else while you're doing the task that I have commanded you to do. Martha was cumbered about with much serving. Doing the right thing, but in the wrong motive. She was doing it out of duty and not out of devotion. And that's where Jesus slowly corrects her in a most beautiful way. Notice again here, and then we're going to jump into it, okay? And I'll hasten through. i got four points, so we'll hasten through them, okay? Jesus answers after she commands, right? She, hey, this is, don't you care, number one? Number two, this is what you need to do, right? Verse 41, and Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. One thing one thing, one thing, the task, one thing, one thing for you and one thing for me. This one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Here's the thing, and we're going to jump into it. Jesus responds to Martha with affirmation of her ministry, commending her. He didn't put her down. He didn't say, stop what you're doing and sit. He just simply told her, hey, 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 hold on, hold on. I see where you're coming from, but look, Mary hath chosen that good part. He didn't condemn her and put her down. If anything, he redirected her focus, and then Jesus gives her the invitation to also rest. 
He gives her the invitation to also rest because he literally says this, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, thou art careful, Casey used the word careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful and Mary hath chosen that good part, meaning that it's still available for you to choose as well, which shall not be taken away from her. And that's going to bring us right into our first point when dealing with stress and how to overcome this, this idea of overwhelming stress and to the point where you're just beyond measure and you're, you are done, right? Whether it be ministry burnout or whether it be just everyday life of stress. Can I tell you this? This is going to be bottom shelf, peanut butter on the bottom shelf. Trust me. Okay. And it is smooth and creamy. It ain't crunchy. All right. Listen, rest your body, rest, rest. Rest your body. Why? Because this deals with the physical side of stress and burnout. And, and this is God's first step, really, in order for us to get our mind and our body in focus and getting the proper rest and nutrition that we need will help us focus back in on what the one thing is that God has in store for us. Okay? So God certainly understands your body better than we do. Amen? God understands you. He made you. He created you. So he knows this. In Psalm 127 and verses 1 through 5, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman walketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late and to eat the bread of sorrows, for, he, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. The Bible goes on to say about the children, lo, a children are in heritage unto the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is, uh, is his reward as arrows in the hand of a mighty man. So are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies at the gate. Sometimes in life, the most spiritual thing that you can do is sleep. Hang on with me. We're going to build it into it, Okay. All of you said, yes, I'm ready for bed. How many of you are ready for bed now? I got to hurry up. Amen. <laughs> I don't want to lose you. When you're tired, you just can't handle a whole lot. How many of you would agree to that? When you're worn out, when you're beat, you can't handle the stresses and the, pro and the pressures of life that you normally would not bother you at all. And sometimes one good night's rest is all it takes to change your perspective on that situation. All right. So, and I, I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to look at one, look at another passage of scripture here in First Kings. It's a familiar story, and it just came to my mind, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Even today, when I was pumping concrete, sitting out there with my little joysticks, and I was pumping concrete, just thinking about the service, thinking about the message, and it's like the Lord just threw this out there. I'm like, oh yes, I got to bring this out. First Kings chapter number nineteen. First Kings chapter number nineteen. You see, sometimes all we need is a little rest to help us refocus. And ultimately, that's what we need to do because when we let the stresses of life overcome us and we let anxiety come in and fear overtake us, what happens is it pulls our focus away from God and onto that subject or onto that issue, right? So what we gotta do to get rid of the stress is refocus, okay? So I want you to look at this, 1 Kings chapter number 19 and verses number 1 through 8. Follow along with me, if you will. It's 1 Kings 19, verses 1 through 8. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword, 
Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. The threat was there to Elijah. Now watch his response. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, get this now, and came and sat down under Judah tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said it is enough now O lord take my life for i am not better than my father's and as he lay what's the next word asleep oh hang on with me as he lay as he lay and slept under the juniper, juniper tree, behold, the angel touched him. The angel touched him and said unto him, Arise, and what's the next word? Eat. How many of you said amen right there? How many of y'all have not had dinner yet? Oh, I got to hurry. All right, listen. Here we go. Verse number six. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a, and a cruise of water at his head. He got room service. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. Continuing on, verse number seven, and the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. Get the picture here. Elijah, I mean, this is a great prophet. And all the stuff that he has done has been great and wonderful. And he has had the power and the touch of God on his life. And all of a sudden, he is running for his life. He is running scared, fearful. Could you imagine his stress level? We, we think going to work is stressful. He got the news that they were out to kill him. They put a bounty on his head. And he fled to the point to where he crawled up underneath the juniper tree and said, Lord, I'm done. Take my life. I'm done. I'm done. And he fell asleep. Then the angel comes. Here's that nourishment that we're talking about. Sleep and nourishment. That's what we need. You want to get out of this overwhelming stress, get out of, get out of all this right here? Hey, never underestimate the power of a snack and a nap. Let me say that one more time. Never if you don't get nothing else, just remember this, amen? Never underestimate the power of a snack and a nap. You don't believe me? Ask a toddler. You don't believe me? Ask a teenager. I'll stop there. Amen. And you know what else I thought about as I was going through this and working through this? I love looking at words. You ever look at the word stressed? You know, if you flip that backward, you know what it spells? Desserts. Hey, man, you're, that's all you're going to think about now. Stress backwards spells desserts. And sometimes that's all we need is a little bit of dessert. Hey, Elijah got a cake, bacon on the coals. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes all we need is that snack and a nap. Rest, rest is number one. Now, let's, let's hasten here, all right? Here, I want, you, I want you to see this, all right? Release your frustrations because that's what Martha did. Now, hang on with me. Hang on with me on this one, okay? Release your frustrations, all right? Because we all get frustrated. We all have the stress built up inside of us. And if we don't get it out, here's the, here's the thing. We're either going to explode or implode, right? 
We understand this. We have to get it out. And from a small, ever, ever since we were kids, our parents have always tried to get us, what's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. Tell me what's going on, right? When somebody gets so frustrated at something, when you walk in the house and you see your wife or husband frustrated, you're like, what's going on? <laughs> you know, and sometimes you got to back up when you say it. it's like, mm, what's going on? You know, because you don't know what's going to happen, whether they're going to explode or implode, right? Whether they're going to start getting excited and, and verbally get louder, or they're going to just get sorrowful and just tell you all the, the things that are going on. But you have to be able to get those frustrations out. And this deals with the emotional side. We've already dealt with the physical side, right? Rest and a snack. Amen. Don't forget that. Now this deals with the emotional side. Revealing your feelings is the beginning of healing. And it truly is. You have to get them out. And that's what Martha did. Look at your scripture again. As, as Martha comes in verse number 40, but Martha was cumbered about with much serving. So she was serving the Lord, looking at her sister the whole time, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she come and help me. She was literally releasing all of her frustrations that she had, all of that pent-up frustration as she was preparing and serving and serving and serving. She exploded. But may I say this, she did it to the right person. Okay? Now get this. You have to release your frustrations, but may I implore you to take them directly to God. The worst thing you can ever do is take your frustrations and your stress to someone else. Take them to God. Get this now. Don't complain to other people. Talk to God and tell him how you feel. I, I believe too often times we think that, now don't, don't, don't fall at me when I say this, okay? But I believe sometimes we, we, we think we have to go to God so sophisticated, so, so like big words and father thou art in heaven and I am but a sinner. I am, you know, we have to go, we don't have to go enough. Get this. God just wants us to talk to him, to commune with him. How many of you ever just went to God, went to God and say, yeah, I messed up. <laughs> I can't be the only one. Yeah, I, I butchered that one. That, that's on me, God. Um, I need help. <laughs> right? We go to him and we release our frustrations. We, we tell him what's going on. Uh, you remember Job? Job had it all, right? Job had a house. Uh, he, he had a wife and kids, comfortable life. And God allowed Satan to afflict him and inflict him with death, trouble, and sorrow. And when the news comes to him that everything that he had owned and everything that he loved and cherished was destroyed, he looks to heaven in Job chapter number three and verses, verses uh, one through four. He says this, and after this opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. Get this now. And Job spake and said, let the day perish wherein I was born and the night in which it was said, there is a man child conceived. Verse number four, let the day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above. Neither let the light shine upon it. I get the feeling Job was having a pretty bad day. Losing everything. And he didn't go to God and he didn't put on this facade saying, oh, don't worry, be happy. No, he went to God and said, hey, take the day that I was even born. He was releasing all those frustrations and all of his anxiety and, and all of the fear of what's to come next. And, but he was taking it to God. He was literally taking it to God. And, and can I make this statement here? God won't be shocked when you come to him with your feelings because he already knows them. He already knows what we're feeling. 
He already knows exactly what's going on in our hearts and in our minds before we even utter the first word to God. He is already aware of our situation and he is aware of what is in our heart and he is aware of what's going on in our mind and all he is waiting and ready for us to do is go to him with those same issues that he is already aware of because he's already made a way for us to overcome them. But he's just waiting because he is patient and he will not force his hand upon any. He's just waiting for us to go to him. And God says this, I'll listen as long as you want to until you run out of words. And and, and, and have you ever thought about this? The Psalms. If you read the book of Psalms, there's so many Psalms in there where David literally just pours his heart out to God. Sometimes in, in praise and worship, sometimes in frustration, right? And you wonder, how did all those Psalms get in there and why are they in there? I believe they're in there for you and I to look upon and go, we can go to God with the same issues. We get to go to a holy and just God who, who loves us and wants the best for us. And we get to pour our heart out to God when we're going through the struggles and when stress of life is overwhelming us and the financial issues and, and our kids are causing problems and all these things are overwhelming and overwhelming. And it seems like there's no way out and you're stressed beyond the max and you don't know where else to turn. You can run to God because he wants to hear you cry out unto him. The Bible says he lends an ear. That means, he, that means he, he tunes us in. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. There are some people that when we go to them with our problems, we go to them with issues and we say, hey, you know, can you do this? Can you help me with this? And they don't incline an ear. They turn around <laughs> or ignore. But our God is a God who loves you and he wants to help you. And he has exactly what we need to overcome and get through those situations. You see, in, in order for us to get well and to get over this idea of being overstressed and this idea of being burnt out within the ministry, how do we do this? Number one, we do this by resting our body. Number two, we do this by releasing our frustrations, our emotions. And so here's the thing. If you're at that point today, listen, you have the access to go to God. And in 1 Peter chapter number 5, verse number 7, reminds us of this, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I'm thankful for that verse. I'm very thankful because the Bible is literally telling us that we can go to him with all of our cares, all of our worries, all of our anxieties, all of our stress, and he cares for us. Casting all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. And he, he's talking about Jesus. He says, go to God and tell him everything. Pour your heart out to Jesus. Dump the load on him. God never meant for us to carry around the loads that we carry around. And you wonder why we're so stressed out. Why when one thing goes wrong, our entire day is shot, right? We let, we let one moment, we let one minute within a 24-hour period ruin the entire day. And we dwell upon that all day long instead of just, God, you know the situation, you know the problem, and you also know the solution. I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to leave it. And I'm not going to think about this anymore because I've already given it unto you. That's the problem where a lot of times I believe that we stop is when, when we go to God and, and we'll give him our problems and we'll give him our issues. And we'll give him that stress. But then we pick it back up when we're done praying. We literally pick it right back up 
And as we give it to God and we know, God, I'm trusting you with this situation. I'm trusting you to work this out. I know you will provide for that bill. I know you'll provide that next job. I know that you'll provide this and I know you'll do this. And I understand that you are faithful unto me. Even when I'm unfaithful to you, you are faithful unto me. And I'm trusting you with this in Jesus' name. Amen. And the rest of the day, we're still thinking about it. We're still dwelling upon it. When one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, to sit at his feet, to listen to what has already been said, and all we have to do is cast all of our cares upon him, releasing our frustrations. Take your frustrations to God and give it unto him. We see that. Now, let me, let me hasten here. Hit number three, refocus on God's purpose for your life. Refocus on God's purpose for your life. Get your eyes off of that problem and start looking at Jesus and get a fresh awareness of God's power and presence in your life. And this is the key to Martha overcoming her stress and burnout was Jesus was calling her to refocus her attention on one person and one thing is needful and that Mary had chosen that good part. This was the invitation to her. This was the invitation to stop and to listen, to sit and to rest and to get exactly what she needed. It was the invitation. And part of the problem is that we want to be in control of all of our situations. Amen. We feel like, I, I, I believe we live in the society now where if we're not in full control as individuals, then it's out of control, right? That's, that's true. That's the way it is. If you don't believe me, take two people, put them, in, put them in a room together and tell them both to build this project together. You know what's going to happen? Well, I would do it like this. Well, I would start here first. Well, I would read the instructions. Well, I'm not going to look look at the instructions, okay? We're going to throw those right in the trash, okay? You know, we all have a different way of doing things. And when we're not in control, that's when stress begins to build, right? Get it now. As we're going through this and understanding this idea of, of getting your eyes off the problem and start looking at Jesus, and, and we, want, we want to be in control of our own lives when the whole idea is to let Jesus be in control of our lives. Allow him to lead the way. Allow him to lead. He's not my co-pilot. I'm not piloting. No, he is the pilot. I am along for the ride. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you let him have full control in your life, it will be a wonderful journey. Will it have bumps and heels along the way? Absolutely. But with him as my pilot, I need not fear because I know I will make it to my final destination. Regardless of what we face in this life, if we'll just trust Jesus with, listen, we trust Jesus with our lives, with our salvation, right? Why can't we trust him with our everyday stresses? We forget about that. We forget the day when we, when we called out to Jesus, when we realized we were a sinner, undone, and fit for hell. We called out to Jesus, and he saved us, gave us new life. We went from death unto life. But then somewhere along the way, we lost faith a little bit. We trust him with our eternity, but we don't trust him with our finances. We trust him with our eternity, but we won't trust him with the next step in life. It's time, maybe tonight, just for us to refocus in. Just to refocus our lives in on God and allow him to do the leading and the invitation and guiding us. 
Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 40, verses 27 through 29. We have God's promise to his people, Israel, to refocus their eyes of faith on him. Verse 27, why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. You see, God never meant for you and I to be the manager of our lives, but yet he wants to manage our lives. He made you. We were made by him, and guess what? We were made for him. And until we understand that, life is never going to make sense. Life is never going to make sense until we first understand that, that we were made by him and for him, and he is the one to be in control. So here's the, here's the, here's the whole thing, and, and God wired us. He knows exactly what's going on in our lives, and he understands that, and he's providing for us each step of the way, but we got to stay focused on the one who is doing the providing as we move forward in this life. God says, I want you to focus on me Remember, I have the power. So rest your body, release your frustrations, your emotions, refocus on God. And this last one, I love, I'll hit it and we'll be done. Resume serving others because this will help. This will, you said, Brother Brandon, wait, you don't understand. I am stressed because I've got a lot of work going on. I am stressed because of the workload that I currently, I am stressed because of everything that is going on in my life. But let me pause, and I understand that, but let me hang on with you just for a moment and hang with me. Uh, serve others. That's what Jesus calls us to do. You want true rest? It's It's unexplainable. Brother Ethan, it's, it's unexplainable how serving others will actually give us rest, but it will. I can't explain it. I, I, I can't give you all the ins and outs, but I do know this one thing, that the more I serve others and the more that I serve the Lord in the right motive, remember, doing it out of devotion, not out of duty, not because, well, I'm a Christian, I have to do. Oh, no, no, because Jesus died for me. This is my reasonable service unto him. I owe him my life, and I want to give him my everything. But here's the thing, and I want you to understand this, that if we will just serve him, he will give us that rest that we so desire. Notice what Jesus never condemned Martha. And we already hit this a little bit. Jesus never condemned Martha for her work. Neither did he tell her to stop, but neither did he rebuke Mary. He, did never, he never got on to Mary for her position either. In his own special way, Jesus was affirming Martha's service and his call, and his call to her was both an affirmation and an invitation. We hit that. And he was affirming that what she was doing was important, but he was also inviting Martha to refocus her priority of service to the Lord and do it out of devotion, not out of duty. He knew Martha was not going to stop what she was doing, but he wanted to just refocus on why she was doing what she was doing. Out of the devotion, not out of duty. 
So in conclusion here, as we're kind of wrapping everything up, uh, he expected Martha to continue on in the work, but with a refocused attitude, and her service would be with the attitude that Paul explains in Colossians chapter number 3 in verses 23 and 24. And whatsoever ye do, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing, get this verse 24, knowing that the Lord, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord. Christ. You want to reboot your sense of life and your sense of purpose? Start by serving others. Stop thinking about yourself and start serving others. Start thinking about others who are in need of the love of Jesus that you have already experienced and began to serve. God didn't put you on this earth to live for yourself, but yet, the, but, the, but the way we come out of this burnout and this stress, again, is rest your body, release your frustrations, refocus on God's purpose for your life, but also resume serving others. Now get this, and I love how it goes together with Brother, Brother Arthur's message not too long ago. Listen to this. Sitting without serving is powerless. Serving without sitting is directionless. Serving after sitting produces power and balance. I'm going to say those to you one more time. Sitting without serving is powerless. Serving without sitting is directionless. Serving after sitting produces power and balance. Galatians chapter number six, and we're done. Verses nine and 10 tells us of this. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. How are we not going to faint? Right here. How are you going to continue on? Right here. If you're stressed and overloaded, you want to get rid of that? Right there. Verse number 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I love that little last part on there, and we could preach a whole message on that. Especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Brothers and sisters right here, we should be helping and encouraging more than anybody. We all face struggles. You came in here tonight with a struggle, with a burden, with something on your heart so heavy, and you may, you may be like Elijah. I'm just done. Just take my life. But you came tonight, and the angel said, hey, here's you some bread. <laughs> here's you some water. Take your nap. I'm going to wake you up in a minute. You're going to eat some more because I've got work for you to do. In order for you to do this work, you're going to need Strength. In order for us to finish our race, our race well, here's the thing, we're going to need strength. We're going to need something from God. So let us get everything that we can while we can. Do as much as we can and not get burnt out while serving the Lord because we're doing it out of a devotion, not out of duty. Let's pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, so much for allowing us to be here. God, I thank you for the word that you've given unto me. Lord, I thank you for the challenge that you've challenged my heart with. And God, I pray that tonight somebody got what they needed. 
Lord, no doubt, Lord, your people are weary tonight. They, we, we took a show of hands. Some haven't even ate dinner yet, and they're tired already. Lord, when they clocked out this evening, they were, they were almost excited to go home and just to rest for a little bit. And some didn't even get a chance to go home. They came straight here tonight. And God, they came for a specific purpose, and I believe you've given them that tonight. You've given them the word, the encouragement that they needed, the challenge that they needed. Lord, just a word to know that you are there for them in their need. And Lord, that they can go to everything, they can take everything unto you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us now in the invitation time as the pianist begins to play softly. If anyone needs to make that move, Lord, I pray that today will be that day. Lord, will they'll come and lay everything down at the altar. They'll lay everything down. Their stress, their anxiety, their fear. Lord, they'll lay everything down at your feet knowing that you careth for them. God, I pray that you'd have your will and your way in the remainder of this invitation. Speak to hearts, I pray. Why don't we do this tonight? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed just for a moment. We won't prolong the invitation, but if God spoke to you about doing something Maybe you just need to come to the altar and, and pour your heart out, as David did time and time again in the Psalms, as Job cried out, as many others throughout Scripture has just cried out. I don't know who it is tonight that is stressed beyond the max, and they, and they even fought to even come here tonight. Maybe tonight was for you. Maybe tonight was just for you. Tonight is exactly what you needed to get, your, to get restarted once again. Tonight is what you need. Tonight is that breakthrough that you've been looking for. Oh, let's do business tonight. As some have come, if the Lord is working on your heart, just come to him tonight. Remember, because he careth for you.